Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Flossom Way podcast. I'm your host, Anna Martina, and I'm coming at you live from North Little Rock, Arkansas. Actually, I'm not technically live because I'm pre-recording this, but as I'm recording this, I'm in North Little Rock. Next week, however, I will be in Minnesota for a couple weeks with family and just finishing up some loose ends with selling my home and moving out and closing that chapter and moving on to the next chapter celebrating some time with some friends and family. I've got birthday celebrations and Easter is going to be uh, celebrated with my family up there and I'm so excited. I haven't been home in six months so I'm really really excited. But today, right now, I'm gonna talk about a topic that I'm really passionate about and I started learning about this topic while I was in grad school and it was from being given assignments in grad school. For those of you that don't know, I have my master's degree in in community counseling from St. Cloud State University in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And go Huskies. And I was introduced to a phenomenal woman, uh, researcher, and this woman has her doctorate in social work. And she has spent over a decade researching shame. And her name is no other than Dr. Brene Brown. If you have not watched her TED Talks or seen her on Oprah or YouTube, please, please, please go check out Brene Brown. Her first name is spelled B-R-E-N-E-E, last name Brown like the color. And every book she has is amazing. So there have been more people who have studied shame and guilt and, and talked about them. And so I'm going to incorporate like all of the things I've, I've learned and picked up from different pieces of my life. But shame is a huge topic. And I think it is a topic that most of us struggle with. Lord knows I struggle with it. And so today I want to provide you with some value on what is shame? What is guilt? Is there a difference between the two? How do they impact us and how do we work through them to be the best versions of ourselves? How do we not allow our shame to hold us back? How do we not allow our shame to keep us from living a fully true, authentic, and abundant life? So let's start with shame. Shame oftentimes is associated with the word guilt, right? Um, I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. And it was in my early career of working as a mental health therapist that I learned the difference between shame and guilt. And that is that shame is shitty (laughs) and guilt is good. I'm going to say that again. Shame. This is how I remember it. Shame is shitty. S-H-S-H. Guilt is good. G-G. Okay. And there are some major differences in shame and guilt, right? Both of them are when maybe something has something wrong has happened, right? Shame is the best way I can describe it. Shame is I am bad. I'm a horrible person. I am worthless. I'm unlovable. I did something so horrible that it made me this way. It's part of your identity. Shame is attached to who you are, your innateness, your being. Guilt is, so shame is person-centered. Guilt is behavior-centered, right? So guilt is I did something bad. 
right? Like I take accountability because I made a bad choice. I did something bad. The difference in guilt and shame is guilt, you are really pulling into the empathy piece of it, right? You're able to understand, wow, my actions hurt somebody and I did this and I'm taking accountability for how my actions impacted you. Where shame, we can't even see outside of our own shame to see that we've hurt other people. So we kind of turn it and make it about us. Well, I'm bad or uh, you kind of get into that shame mindset of I'm broken, I'm bad, I'm, I'm unworthy, I'm a victim. Um, and so you might be wondering, well, why is guilt good? And that is because guilt is what allows us to have empathy, to, to recognize our behavior and to make a change, right? We can't do those things when we're stuck in shame because we can't see outside of ourselves. So my hope is that you'll start to recognize the difference in when you're feeling shame. So anytime there's a statement or a thought of I am something that's negative, that's a good cue that it's shame. If the statement is I did or you did or this happened where it's outside of yourself, that's a good indicator that it's guilt. You're in a place of guilt, right? And think of it, we, we are guilty all the time, right? Throughout our lives, there are many choices that we make that we are guilty of, whether it's accidentally backing into a car. I'm guilty, right? Oops. Whether it's I accidentally hurt my friend's feelings. I'm so sorry. I did that and it had an impact on you and I'm so sorry about that, right? Now, if I take it a step further and I go, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible driver, I shouldn't be allowed on the road, or oh my gosh, I'm a horrible friend, I should not have any friends and I should just isolate and withdraw from everyone, that means I've gone too far and I've gone down into shame. And when you're in shame, that's where misery festers and feeds, okay? So we want to get out of shame and into guilt, if that makes sense. And so one of the ways... The, one of the first most important things to do is recognize it, right? You hear that in a lot of different contexts, like knowledge is key, right? Knowing you have an issue is the first step. The next step is bringing your shame to the light because shame is hidden. It's what we keep secret. It's, and that's where it grows. Secrets keep you sick. I'm going to say that again. Write this down. Secrets keep you sick. Okay? It's those skeletons in this closet. Okay? It's the shame that you don't want anyone to know about because you're afraid that they may not love you or like you because of who you are, because of what you've done, right? So one of the first things that I would encourage someone to do is to bring the shame to light. Let's talk about the shame. Because when we start talking about it, we take away its power over us because it no longer is the big dark secret that controls us. Now, I want to be very clear. I am not advocating that you spread your shame to public so that everyone knows it. Not everyone is worthy of knowing your shame. Okay? That opens you up for ridicule and criticism that is not healthy, right? But maybe it's a mental health therapist. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a parent or maybe it's a partner or a sister or a loved one. Somebody that is healthy enough and strong enough to say, hey, I'm going to sit with you in this shame and we're going to get out of it together. We're not going to stay stuck in here, but I'm going to love you in spite of it. Okay? I'm not going to judge you. 
I'm not going to try to make it about me. I'm not going to, um, you know, get stuck in here so then we're both stuck and we can't get each other out. But I am going to be a stable, solid, healthy person who's going to sit in here, give you a hug, hold your hand, and help you crawl out of this pit. Okay? So bringing it to light and being mindful of who you bring it to light, right? You need to be able to do this with people that you've built trust with and people that that trust is reciprocal, right? So clearly communicating to others what you need while you are working through your shame. So you may say like, hey, I'm really struggling with some shame. I need you to just listen and not say anything. Or I need you to hold my hand and look me in the eyes while I'm talking to you. Or I need you to remind me that I'm in my shame when you see that I'm in my shame. Okay? Whatever it is that you need from someone, communicate that. Another thing that I heard on a training the other day with Jesse Lee Ward was community is the antidote to shame. Community is the antidote to shame. So one, we've brought it to light. Two, we've created trust. Three, we're creating community. Why is that important? Because the most powerful thing someone can say to you is me too. Me too. And it may not be, oh, I know exactly how you're feeling. You know that that person that says, oh, I've, I've been there. I know exa- I've been that person, you know. Like I have been that person that says, oh, my gosh, I know what that's like. I've been there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about me too. I get it. There's a reason the Me Too movement was so powerful. It's because there was so much shame stuck in these women for so long that they were afraid that they were the only ones. They were afraid, what will people think of? Because in that cycle of abuse, the victim is often taught to believe by society or the perpetrator or family or friends or whoever that they must have asked for it or it's their fault. Again, there's shame there. I'm bad. If I wasn't bad, this wouldn't happen to me. But when a community of people says, or gets up and says, me too, you're not alone, I'm here for you. It allows a person to feel supported and safe enough to move beyond the walls of shame to a place of overcoming that which has brought them to shame in the first place, okay? So now we've brought it out of the dark, or the the secret is out. We have talked about it with people we trust. We've found a community of people that can be supportive and understand. And now the work becomes on us ourselves. One of the most powerful tools I have ever learned or seen work with my clients are gratitude and mirror affirmations, mirror work. And, you know, I have to tell you, As somebody who is super, 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 or who has been super, super, and struggles with still self-conscious, okay, who has body shamed herself her entire life, who has sat in shame most of my life, and still I tiptoe in shame, okay, 
complimenting myself has been a journey that has taken me over 30 years to figure out. And I probably fell into mirror work accidentally when I was a kid. I can tell you exactly where I was. We lived on this house on Highway 59 out in the country. For those of you who knew me during that time of my life, it was before my parents got divorced and we lived in this house. And in this house, I had a room and on the wall was a mirror. And there were some major things going on in our family with abuse and just different different things, not my immediate family, but my external family that impacted my immediate family, okay? And I remember having so much anger and rage, confusion, and I didn't know where to, how to let it out or how to talk to people. I was afraid to express myself because I was afraid that I wouldn't communicate effectively or that people would judge me. And so my mirror in my room became one of my best friends. I also was very isolated at that time in my life. We had moved from a smaller community where I was born and was really active and involved in gymnastics and, and had friends. And then we moved out in the country where I didn't really have friends, didn't know anybody. And I became the, the girl who found food as her best friend because she had a hard time making friends in school when she moved. Right. And so I became self-conscious. And so I just kind of kept to myself and um, the popcorn bag after school or the nutty bars or whatever I could find as a snack and eat a ton of them because there's a food for every mood. I don't know if you know that, but there is. And, and this mirror on my wall and I would look in the mirror and I would yell at it silently. I don't think my parents ever knew that this happened. Um, I don't think I ever got like walked in on doing this, but I would look at that mirror as if I was yelling at someone else. And it was the most cathartic therapeutic thing I could find to do for myself because it was releasing that emotion. I could see it being released and it was safe. The other person couldn't harm me. They couldn't hurt me and they had harmed and hurt my family. Right? So Man, I, now that I, like, as I'm thinking, I talk to the mirror all the time, but it didn't ever, it wasn't positive about myself, if that makes sense. Like I use the mirror as an anger expression, like communication. Maybe I was mad at my parents and I was like, I hate you, right? Like every kid says and doesn't mean, but they just need to vent. That was my venting. But when I would stand in the mirror, when I'd get out of the shower, I'd be getting dressed. It was silent. And just as loud, louder. And it was the shame. It was the, you're fat. You're ugly. No one wants you. You're not good enough. You're a girl. You're not as smart or as funny as your brothers. You're not athletic. All, all of the negative schemas, right? You look like a boy, but you're not a boy. Um... A lot of different negative things, right? And those became really loud. And those stayed loud. And I don't know about you, but I would look in the mirror from like here up. <laughs> I was okay with my face most of the time when it wasn't breaking out with eczema, which was all the time. Um, so maybe I wasn't 
goodness my face it was just I don't know how to explain it at some point though I came into contact with Louise Hay actually I know where I came into contact with Louise Hay it was prior to going to graduate school it was after I graduated high school or college I got married Richard and I moved to St. Cloud and I started working at the local hospital or it was a clinic and one of the things that I would do with clients in the partial hospitalization program is we would do affirmations with Louise Hay. And that is when I shifted to positively affirming myself because I was teaching others to do it. And so I started practicing it. And I saw the power in the shift of loving myself and gratitude, being grateful for the things that I did not like about myself or that I did like about myself. So I started small, right? Like I couldn't do anything with my body from here down. But I said, Anna, you have beautiful eyes. And your eyes are the window to your soul. And you have dimples and a smile and you love people. And you are a good person. I started it off there because all I could think of was my eyes and my smile and my dimples. That's all I liked about myself. Right? And it grew and I became challenged to start appreciating the parts of my body that I didn't look at or didn't like. And I started looking at them as a frame of like functioning, right? I'll never forget listening to my sister-in-law talk about body shaming and how she, and just listening to her teach her kids about how amazing our bodies are from a body positive standpoint. And I thought, wow, what a gift. What a gift she's giving my niece and nephew. That there's no shame around natural bodily functions. There's no shame around how bodies stretch and you get stretch marks and moms have mom bods because they carry life that they created and they grew and that people get wrinkles around their face as they age because they've lived a long life and they've smiled and they've laughed and they've had joy. And when you start looking at it from that perspective instead of, oh my gosh, I'm so old. Oh my gosh, I'm ugly. I'm ugh, I'm 30. Ugh, nobody's going to want me. I'm not sexy. I'm not attractive. I'm not this. You move from a place of shame to a place of joy appreciation if not joy so if you haven't done affirmations or mirror work and you're wondering where you can get some information on that please send me a, pri a comment or a private message because I would love to help you out with that it is one of the most powerful things I've ever found like I said to use with clients who are really struggling um, with finding confidence in who they are where they are and I would encourage you to seek out counsel from maybe a mental health professional if you're struggling with um, anxiety, depression, shame around your body or who you are and it's impacting, you know, your quality of life. Definitely work with a professional who's trained in that, okay? So to recap, I just want to say shame is shitty. <laughs> it keeps the secrets in you which keep you sick and it isolates you and the way to to power through shame is to move to a place of empathy and go from I am bad to I did something bad 
Which brings me to flawsome, right? I'm flawed and I'm awesome. I can do something bad and still be awesome. Good people do bad things all the time. Okay? Good people do bad things all the time. That doesn't make them bad. It means they made a bad choice. Right? And so moving into guilt, taking accountability, and bringing it to light. Talking to somebody that you can trust. Talking to somebody who is healthy enough to hold you in that spot and help you get out of it. Okay? And then you're going to communicate with those people what do you need from them in order for them to support you and in order for you to work through it. And it may be communicating, hey, I don't really know what I need. Um, I need you to help me just recognize when I'm there first, right? And then it's about finding a community of people that can love on you. They don't all have to have experienced what you've been through, right? There is power in support groups or, or different subgroups that can say, hey, yeah, we've been there. I want to caution you to stay away from the groups that sit in that shame, right? That sit in the victim mode. What I want to challenge you to do is find those groups that say, hey, I've been there, I get it, and this is how I've overcome it, or this is what I've done to improve it today, or this is what I'm working on to be better at it tomorrow. Don't go into a group that doesn't have solutions, okay? If they're not going to help you out of the shame pit, don't get in it. Don't allow them in your pit either. And then do the mirror and affirmation work to re-identify who you are. Who are you? And giving yourself grace and remembering that who you are right now and today is just a snapshot. It's just a tiny piece of your life. You get to change that. You get to become who you want to become when you want to become that person. And you get to change your mind. You get to be human and I'll have all the answers. You get to make mistakes and you get to get back up again. And you get to try it again. So with that, I want to remind you that you are worthy. You are created on purpose and with a purpose. And shame often gets in the way of us being able to see that. So do the work. Get out of the shame pit. Ask for help. And start living the life that you were made to live, that you're worthy of, that you want. Because you are good enough. You are flossom. You are loved. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your constant support, you guys. We made it through a month of podcasts. I'm so excited. If you would please share the podcast with your friends that you think would find value in it. Also, if you want to give a five-star review and share some comments, things that you think are um, really hitting you in a positive way, I would love to see some of that feedback and encourage you to continue checking in every week um, here at the Floss Way Podcast. You never know what you're going to get. But I love you. Have an amazing day or night, whatever time you watch this. May you be safe. May you be happy and content. May you be strong and healthy. May you be at ease. And may you remember that shame is only as strong as you allow it to be. See you next time.